And a good Tuesday morning to you. My name is Mike. This is the FBTV podcast. We do it every week. Most of the time on Tuesday. Now that I said that, you wait and watch. Next week will be Thursday or Friday. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, podcast, FBTV podcast, brought to you by Taltoa, of whom I am the lead consultant. Of whom or of which I am the lead consultant. Whichever. <laughs> anyway, it's May 2nd. May 2nd, 2023, yesterday was my birthday. Today, my anniversary. My wife planned it that way. Not my birthday, but the anniversary coming after my birthday. I was getting married on May 2nd. 26 years. 2-6. Seems like we just got married yesterday. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Don't know. Anyway, you get the idea. She planned it. I don't know if she planned it so she could remember my birthday or she could remember our anniversary because she knew my birthday was May 1st. More likely story is she planned it this way so I'd remember my birthday. No, I'm kidding. I'd remember the anniversary. Either way, it's been remembered for the last... It's not gone forgotten, put it that way, for the last 26 years. Today, what are we doing for the big 26? Well, she's working, I'm working, and I plan on maybe cooking some steaks this evening. Have a nice romantic... Evening in front of the TV. <laughs> I used to be a lot more romantic, but anyway, it is what it is. All right, what is today? Hey, it's National Egg Month. And on average, Americans eat 100 eggs a year. Uh, 100 a year. <sighs> that sounds to me like a low number. Unless some of you are not eating eggs. I remember back when I was a kid in elementary school, there was a van came by and somebody dressed in a chicken costume. I think they were from the National Egg Board. I think that's what it was called anyway. They had hard-boiled eggs and they were giving hard-boiled eggs out to all of us kids. I don't know if you could do that today. Parents would probably be upset. Anyway. What else is today? Today is Scurvy Awareness Day. Arr, scurvy. Scurvy Awareness Day. How do you prevent scurvy? Fruit. Fruit. Scurvy. How did they get that? Pirates used to get it from eating too much fish. It's Concert Day. Fire Day. Life Insurance Day. Play your ukulele day. And it's Truffle Day. So, there you have it. What are we talking about today? Well, last week, Morning Coffee with Tautoa. We talked about the five, let me get it over here, five, five uh, habits that would guarantee success for a freight broker. We're going to expand on that a little bit. Prospecting, making sales calls, time management, relationship building, customer service. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about, a lot of people get into freight brokering because they see dollar signs. And yeah, you can make a lot of money as a freight broker. Matter of fact, uh, TIA announced uh, this uh, the day that uh, 3PL, which a freight broker is, 3PL, in case you were wondering, is a third-party logistics provider, and a freight broker is the third party to a movement of freight. You get the idea, 3PL? But uh, they're talking about the market share, and we're going to be talking about that today. That's in the news. But what I'm getting at is... A freight broker, a lot of people get into freight brokerage, and we've had clients like this at Taltoa. 
they, they start a freight brokerage or they become an agent because they got it in their head. Hey, I can, I can contract people to work for my brokerage or work for my agency and I don't have to do anything. That is one step into the failure direction. We'll get into that later on. All right. How about that? No impossible question today. Sorry, guys. I, I don't have one down here. I wonder why. Hey, if it's your birthday, happy birthday to you. You're in pretty good company. What do we got here? Uh, Benjamin Spock, Dr. Spock. Boy, I bet he'd have a lot to say today about the uh, baby care. Dr. Benjamin Spock, he wrote the book on baby care. He was born on this date back uh, 120 years ago, 1903. Bing Crosby, White Christmas Bing Crosby, he was born on this date back in 1903 as well. How about that? Dr. Spock and Bing Crosby shared the same birthday in the same year. The Rock, The Rock. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, he's 51 today, born on this day back in 1972. What has been going on in history on this day? Back in 1829, one foot of hell. One foot. One foot of hell. Falls on Tuscaloosa, Alabama. A foot. Nearly 200 years ago, but a foot. This date back in 1890, the Oklahoma Territory is organized. That's just about two blocks. No kidding. Oklahoma is about two blocks west of me. From where I'm sitting right now, I could throw a rock and it land in Oklahoma. <clears throat> Let's say 1932, Jack Benny's first radio show debuts on the NBC Blue Network. 1968, the, uh, the Odd Couple, the original Odd Couple, Jack uh, Lemon and Walter Matthau, opens up in movie theaters. Jack Klugman and Tony Randall may be the Odd Couple you remember in the TV show. In 1979, here's a record. If, you, if you're wanting to set a world record, but you haven't figured out which one that you can beat, well, here's one for you. <laughs> Bobby Kemp, he set this record back in 1979, eating three lemons in 15 seconds. That's peel and all. Peels and all. 15 seconds. Three lemons. You want to make sure you got witnesses to that if you're going to try to do it. All right, what else we got going on? Uh, let's get into transportation news. Let's talk about some of these 3PL things going on. 3PLs gains market share according to the uh, TIA, the TIA leader. Market report indicates freight brokerage outperformed transportation market during the pandemic, although the freight bonanza of the past few years has cooled. And you know why? The pandemic, all right? During the pandemic... Remember the empty shelves of toilet paper? <laughs> How quick we forget. Anyway, third-party logistics providers remain poised for long-term success. Okay, even though the pandemic's over, the, uh, the, the bonanza of the past three or four years has kind of chilled out or got back to normal, really, somewhat. It's still catching up. There's still, still things that are behind. But according to the TIA, the brokers are poised for long-term success. They say freight brokers and logistics providers proved their value and earned customer loyalty by keeping the supply chain operational. That's what we was talking about the other day, morning coffee. I believe it was morning coffee about the recession. No, 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 no. It's on our website. Uh, question and answer, you know, is being a freight broker recession-proof? And the answer was, nah, no, no, no business is really recession-proof. 
but even during a recession, go back to 2008, go stand on the interstate or, you know, drive down the interstate, stand on the corner, watch all the trucks. People still got to eat. They're still going to get clothing. They still got to get medicine. They're still going to soap, you know, get the idea. Freight is going to move. So, yeah, there may be a recession, but brokers got to be needed, just like trucking companies got to be needed. Uh, preferably with a driver in the truck, not autonomous. We'll talk about that maybe in a little bit anyway, too. Well, actually, we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about something here. Oh, California. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Anyway, freight brokers and logistics providers prove their value and earn customer loyalty by keeping the supply chain operational during those extraordinary times and boosting efficient efficiency through their industry relationships, technology, and access to capacity. Access to capacity is access to the trucks. According to Ann Ranky, if I'm pronouncing that right, she's president of the uh, TIA. Shippers' use of 3PLs, in her view, will only increase. And, and, and that's a fact. Now, here's the deal. You may be saying, no, nah, no, no. And I know trucking companies, there are a lot of, you get on these forums out there and there's a lot of drivers and owner operators and things like that that blame all their woes on the broker. The broker don't pay enough. The broker's paying according to what the customer's paying them. You know, if the customer's paying them two fifty a mile, they can't pay a truck $3 a mile. It, you know what I mean? A broker is a business just like a trucking company. And I don't care if you got one truck or 2,000 trucks. It's a business. Okay? Your job as a trucking company is to make a profit for your company. A broker's job is to make a profit for their company and themselves. You know, especially if they're an agent because they're making a commission so, you each got to take care of your own. Now, let's go back to the shippers. Shippers, they'll use any means necessary to get a truck in the door because think about it. Okay, they got a customer. Uh, they, 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 they manufacture a product and they got customers that order the product. Well, they can have the order stacked from here to the moon. But unless they can deliver those orders, they're not making any money. So they got to get a truck. They have to get trucks in there to pick up those loads to get those loads delivered to their customer so they can make money. I don't care what company it is. I don't care if it's a broker, whatever it is. You try to, uh, you got 20 loads, so they got to go today. Trying to get 20 trucks. To hit that dock is a is a feat, and these people in shipping, they don't they, they don't have a choice. They've got to get twenty trucks. You and I, as a broker or a trucking company, we can make up our mind. Hey, no, we're not going to even touch that load, or you know, we're you know, it's not it's not in our uh, ballpark. We're we're not going to move that. You know, we can't do anything with that. But the people in shipping, they've got to get that load moved. Their job depends on it. You see what I mean? So what are they going to do? Well, they they got relationships with the trucking companies, obviously. And they're going to be using brokers. That's that's the nice thing about a broker. This, this is why, as a broker, it's not really difficult to get a customer. Because they are looking for people that can help them get trucks. Because them taking on a new broker does not cost them any money. A broker only makes their money when they move a load. Okay? 
So it's not costing them. That, that's you know something we talk about in training. If you want to learn about our, our training, you, you can do that uh, right there at Taltoa. Taltoa.com. We have all kinds of packages for freight brokers, packages for freight broker agents. Uh, matter of fact, if you have no experience in the industry at all and you came across this podcast, thank you uh, for taking the time to listen because you're trying to learn more. Uh, we have a lot of people who have no experience in the industry, but they've done their research, they checked it out, and they thought, hey, you know, this is an opportunity, especially if you, you got that entrepreneurial spirit. Because as a freight broker, you can work from your home. Most brokers do work out of their home, matter of fact. Agents, for sure. Because an agent, as a broker agent, you're contracting to a brokerage to work under their license, their bond, the UCR, BOC3, so you don't have to go out and get it yourself. And most agents got to work out of their home, independent contractor. Anyway, but you get the point I'm making. A shipper will use a broker to help them move their freight. And what that shipper's going to do, they're going to make their loads available to their vendors, be it brokers or trucking companies, on a daily basis. And generally, it's going to be first come, first served. Whatever they have left after, you know, let me back up a little bit. They got loads, again, know they got to move. And they have their favorite vendors, be it trucking companies or brokers, and they're going to see the loads that uh, are going to be popular, easy to move. And they're going to call their favorite brokers and trucking companies or vendors and offer them those loads first, and whatever's left, they're going to put on what's known as a load list and make it available to everyone. So you've got to get, them, you've got to get in the door. You, you see what I'm getting at? You've got to get in the door. You've got to build that relationship with that customer so you become one of their favorites and they start making the good loads available to you. So it's a, getting in the door is simple, but once you're in the door, you've got to build that relationship. We go over all that in training. Again, check us out, Taltoa, Taltoa.com. And as a matter of fact, it's a brand new website. If you find uh, the morning coffee from, uh, what was it, uh, yesterday? Tuesday? No. This morning, isn't it? It's up there this morning. Uh, we're, we're showing you the uh, new website if you haven't seen it. Anyway, check it out. Right. Got any questions, feel free to call me. But yeah, brokers should be gaining market share. You know, years ago, we used to tell agents, uh, yeah, your first year income, $45,000, $50,000. You know, anywhere from thirty-five, dollars uh, to 50000 uh, And it's all up to you. And understand the bulk of that income is going to come in the second half of that year, that first year. The reason for that is simply this. That first year, you're getting the ball rolling. You're going through that startup period. Startup period is the time it takes you to open your doors as a broker and really start making money. Once you get past that startup period, it's just a matter of building, adding to it, maintaining. Second year, you should add, you, second year operational, you, you should double your first year income, bottom line. If you did 40000 the first year, you should go into the second year expecting eighty. Why is that? Because you've already, you're going to have the whole year. You're going to have the whole 12 months. You see what I mean? You know, the first year, you may, you know, part of that year is going to be going through the startup period. But the second year, you've got the whole year. And you're going to be adding to it because you're going to be getting new customers. Third and subsequent year, you should be adding to it. How much depends on you. As a rule, you know, 10, 15% anyway. It should keep building for you until you let it plateau. You know, but that's totally up to you. You, know, you can go back probably look at C.H. Robinson. You probably look at, what is that, TQL, whatever, and all these big broker houses. They build it one day at a time. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, so much of 
everything today, people want immediate satisfaction. And as a broker, you got to work it. You got to build it. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, this thing about a truck, people go out here and buy a truck. And they lease it onto a trucking company or they get their own authority and they can start making money with it right now because what they're doing is either they're leasing on to a trucking company or they're getting their own authority. And the first thing they do is they turn to the load board to get a load from a broker. And they get in that habit. And that's where trucking companies usually mess up. They start using a broker for a dispatcher. And that's not what we're here for. A broker is to be used to help you relocate that truck to a destination that truck needs to be so you can service your own customer if you don't know how to get customers as a trucking company. Again, visit Tautua, our website, Tautua.com. You can learn how to get customers, plus add an additional stream of revenue to your carrier operation. All right, California, California the, those wacky California guys, Newman, actually, the governor out there, officially outlaws the sale of dirty diesel trucks starting in 2036. <laughs> On April 28th, CARB, C-A-R-B, approved the Advanced Clean Fleets Rule, which will ban the sale of medium and heavy-duty diesel trucks in California by 2036. The rule also requires <laughs> that all trucks operating in California be zero emission in 19 years, 2042. <laughs> Officials say that the transition away from dirty diesel trucks will generate $26.6 billion in health savings. And fleet owners will save an estimated $48 billion from the transition to electric. Dreaming. <laughs> you know, it's real easy. What's going to happen? If they really, if, if this doesn't change, which I'm pretty sure it's going to as time goes on and they find out it's not going to happen, probably not going to happen, is that uh, there are going to be warehouses all up and around the border states of California where the trucks are going to be taking their loads. They won't be going into California anymore. And California is going to be sending their electric trucks to those warehouses on the border states and picking up what's going into California. You think the cost of living now is pretty high in California. Wait till that kicks in. All right, DOT announces uh, drug changes or changes to drug and alcohol testing programs. U.S. DOT is making some changes. You may have heard about this already to the Transportation Workplace Drug and Alcohol Testing Programs. Most notably, adding another option when it comes to the sample collection process. And a couple of tests right now where you got blood tests, you got urine tests, you got a hair test. Now you got the spit test. <laughs> They're calling it bodily fluid. Oral fluid, I'm sorry, oral fluid. Spit. All right. So now hey, we need you to spit in this cup. Spit in this cup right here. I guess I can use cotton swab or whatever, too. <clears throat> FedEx plans uh, 
FedEx freight plants uh, to close 29 locations. They informed team members internally yesterday that it's going to be closing 29 freight locations and furloughing certain job classes. The closure is part of an ongoing review of its network that aims to consolidate operations to adjust market demand and changing dynamics. The uh, locations are planned to be closed effective August 13th. No clue yet as to what locations those might be, but that's coming, I'm sure. ELD. Boy, they are just proud of these ELDs. Mayor Pete, I'm sure he's one of them touting the uh, benefits of the ELD. Anyway, they're touting their compliance. Since the electronic logging mandate went into effect in 2017, compliance with the Federal Hours of Service regulations has improved, and they are beating their chest about that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but they're sure not talking about the safety data. Leaving that out, and they're blaming it on the pandemic. Now nah, we can't get safety data because there's too many extenuating circumstances. You know, the, the pandemic. But according to the most recent stats from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, overall traffic fatalities decreased slightly in 2022, but are still up considerably since 2017. Uh, let's see, the stats show that 42,795 people were killed in vehicle crashes in 2022. That is a 0.3% decrease from 2021's traffic death data, which showed 42,939 people were killed. <laughs> However, the number of fatal crashes have surged since 2017 when there were 37,473 traffic deaths. So, several thousand more. Now, the number of fatal crashes involving large trucks or buses remains steady when comparing the 2017 numbers to 2020. The most recent year shown in the FMCSA's large truck and bus facts. I wonder why that is. Because they don't want us to see what uh, is actually going on with the uh, numbers for the ELD. 2017, there were 4,587 large truck or bus fatal crashes. <laughs> There were uh, 4,588 in 2020, so one more than in 2017. Yeah, give me a break. Yeah, somebody created something, got a politician in their pocket and said, hey, let's pass this and we will uh, make money. What is it all about anymore, money? It's not about common sense. You know, you look at the ELDs, how many drivers left the uh, truck when those came out. I know a few of them that did. Want the paper logs back. I know a lot of people today don't like paper logs, but they would if they ever used them. All right, let's talk about freight habits. <coughs> freight broker habits, good and bad. Uh, this morning, yesterday, we talked about some bad habits. Last week, we were talking about good habits. Prospecting, making sales calls, time management, relationship building, customer service, good habits. Good habits to get into. If you want 
go back to uh well you can find us on uh, if you're on the youtube channel you can find the uh, morning coffees with dato i go back and review them or you can do it on the podcast as well if you you know just do a pod, uh, a search on your favorite podcast app for morning coffee with dato yesterday yesterday and today morning coffee focused on a couple of bad habits or not bad well they are a habit i guess but uh Yesterday, we talked about procrastinating. And today, if you find the morning coffee, you'll find we talked about complacency. In other words, sitting on your laurels. Now, if you're thinking about, you know, if somebody put an idea in your head, or you got this idea and you watched videos, you've been doing your research, how I can start a freight brokerage, I can become a freight broker agent, and I can, if I'm a freight broker, I can add eight contract agents, go out here and get the freight, move the loads, and I'll make money off that. As a uh, sub-agent, or you, if you're an agent, yeah, you can contract sub-agents to work over, under you. I will tell you this, so if you're, doing a, if you're an agent trying to contract sub-agents, unless you are promising them that you're going to be getting your broker authority soon, they're not going to stay very long because you're paying them what at, out of your cut. Okay. Generally, if, if you're a broker agent and you get a contract with a brokerage and your commission is 60%, you're probably going to be paying your sub agents 40%. So you're getting 20% override. So if they had a thousand dollar net, they would make 400 and you'd make 200 See what I mean? Now, same thing with a uh, broker. Now, if you are a brokerage and, and you've, you've got, you're, you're established and you know what you're doing. And what I mean by that, you, your experience, you, you, you actually been in the business. You've actually been working the business. And by all means, you should start an agency program. Okay. Simple as that. Uh, contracted labor. Right. It's got its pros and cons, but more pros than cons, believe me. And if you want to talk about that, feel free to call me. And I'd be happy to discuss that. Now, a problem occurs, and I see it happen a lot. Somebody gets the idea, hey, I can, I, I can afford to get my own authority, and I'll hire people. I'll get agents to work it. If you don't know the business, if you haven't actually worked in the business and brokered loads, you're, you're already stepping off the deep end of the pool without knowing how to swim because people will take advantage of you. You've got to know what to watch out for. If you're thinking about starting an agency program, yeah, that's a good idea. But make sure you've got the experience so people cannot take advantage of you. We had a client come to us several years ago. I'm talking about Tatoa now. They were recommended to us, and they had already started their brokerage, already had people working for them, and already taken advantage of them. And the person that started the brokerage did not want to have any fingerprints on that brokerage. He just wanted to give people the opportunity. He wanted to make money off what they were doing without knowing anything about the industry. He got to us too late. 
it was in such a nosedive. We did everything we could to help it turn it around. But the problem was this individual did not care about learning the business. They just expected somebody to step in and correct it so they can make money. Happen. You've got to know the business. If you don't know the business, you're again, you're just going to step off the deep end of the pool, not knowing how to swim, and probably no water in that pool. You've you've got brokering freight is not that difficult once you get all the pieces put together. You know, getting all the pieces put together, that's the essential training. Now, what you got to watch out for are the things that can come back and bite you. You see what I mean? You've got to protect yourself. You're talking about a lot of money when it comes to moving freight. It's a business of contracts. You've got to know how to protect yourself. You know, moving the freight is just one, one part of it. There's a lot of different individual parts. That's what we help you with at Taltoa. Check us out, Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. All right, real quick, and tomorrow we'll release all the details on this. Feeling spot rates updates for the week of May 1st, 2023. Diesel and gasoline both are down six cents a gallon from last week. Spot rates from last month, as I expected. Drive in going up, flatbed going up. Refrigerated, you're down. But that's going to rebound here in a few weeks. Watch. Be sure to catch the uh, morning coffee with Tau Toa. We're going to have a feeling spot rate update. That's coming up tomorrow. All right. Tuesday. My anniversary. Time for me to go get a present, pick up a couple of steaks, and get the grill ready <laughs> for tonight. Go have a great Tuesday. Unless, of course, you've made other plans. And uh, we'll talk, we'll talk soon.